When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, thank you, Aaron, and uh, thank you to you uh, people right around the nation for tuning the dial once again to This Is Your Football Life. And uh, goodness me, the response that we've got has been magnificent because the stars keep coming and today is no exception. The VFL-AFL is a wonderland of Australian talent. And thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level and some play and move on. Others have more of an impact, folks. A select few like our man today make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. Such is the case with today's guest. He played 269 games at Hawthorne. A five-time Premiership player. That's right, five-time Premiership player. A dual, yes, dual Norm Smith medalist. Hawthorne best and fairest, Victorian captain and Hawthorne captain, Gary Ayres. Welcome to This Is Your Football Life. Well, thank you very much, Rex. Great introduction, mate. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed it because did you ever think as a young kid uh, roaming the South Gippsland area around Warrigal that one day that you would be placed in the all-time greats? Oh, well, really, mate, you think about those sorts of things in your dreams, really. So to uh, have said that this particular time where we're talking as I was a 17-year-old lad first going to Hawthorne, we're now 53 years old, so some uh, 30-odd years later, mate, to think that all those things have uh, been able to be achieved, I just really believe I've been very, very lucky and I'm very humbled to have been thought of in those particular terms. Did you look at yourself as an above-average junior player? Well, I certainly love my sport, there's no doubt about that. And in my particular day, we obviously played cricket during the summer and, of course, footy during the winter because growing up in a country town, as you mentioned before, there was really not a lot of other things to do and uh, in between going up to the family farm as well. But sport was the number one thing that I really used to enjoy and there were many a time where we used to get out at lunchtime at school and, of course, you'd be uh, out on the ground and you'd be kicking the ball and trying to take those big hangers and you just didn't really want to come in and uh, then attend the classes. But uh, we were run by... Uh, the Catholic brothers in those days so we had to be reasonably diligent although I don't think too much of it rubbed off on me though mate. Fair enough then uh, when was the first ma- approach made from the big smoke was it uh, the first approach made from Hawthorne? Yes it was and actually they visited uh, my home and they spoke to my father when I was actually 16 and uh, in those days as I'm sure you'd be aware you could actually sign a form four and uh, there was an opportunity to play under the old match permits arrangement and 
they wanted me to come down and play six games, but in the reserves at 16 years of age, my father thought I was a tad young. So I did the pre-season in 1977-78, travelling down three times a week under David Parkin at that particular time. And it was really just a case of see how I went. And I guess from my point of view, I had been playing senior footy at Warrigal in the Trove Valley, which back in those days was a pretty strong competition. And the club actually over the pre-season thought I should hang around and play in the under-19s. But my father said, well, you're already playing against men back there in the country. And of course, the old potato farmers and dairy farmers and They'd certainly try and knock your block off as many times as they possibly could. So I ended up going back and playing at Warrigal for the first part of 1978. Yeah. Um, and uh, you went back to Hawthorne, but uh, tragically, you spoke about your dad, and we all love our dads, but unfortunately you lost your dad at a very young age uh, to a tragic accident. How did that affect a young boy, particularly away from home at such a tender age? Oh, it was devastating, Rex. It really was. I remember getting the phone call at work from my elder sister and it was just one of disbelief and oh. you couldn't really fathom when you're getting a phone call and uh, hearing the news that your father had just died on the on the family farm and uh, certainly there's not a day goes by that you don't think of it and it just rocked my world and even probably more so too because my mother was home on the day, my younger brother and uh, two of my younger sisters and it also happened on his 43rd birthday as well and we actually arrived at the family farm and uh, there was still the presents sitting on uh, his bed. So, mm. yeah, it was just absolutely devastating and probably it made me certainly grow up a lot quicker. But still, to have my family home when it actually occurred would uh, even be more so for them, mate. Uh, you spoke about uh, David Parkin, who's been on this program, uh, talking about his life story and particularly surviving, you know, the cancer scare and uh, premiership captain, you know, premiership coach at Carlton. And uh, my goodness gracious me, what a start to have. But the main thing that happened to you in early in your career is you uh, you were coached by the great Alan Jeans, the great late Alan Jeans. Uh, it just must have been wonderful because you won three flags under Alan. Yes, it was. And look, that was extremely timely for me, Rex, because David Parkin, has, as you'd said, had coached me for a couple of years. And you really felt that you were being put into the side and then not really giving an opportunity. But then you think back and you understand that look, this cape is pretty bloody tough. So you've got to certainly have form on the board to warrant selection. But when Alan Jeans came to the football club, he gave me a wonderful opportunity. Although having said that, I probably nearly uh, didn't really go on with my football career because Peter Hudson had gone back to Tassie and he was involved in the Glenorchy football club. And, I'd been disillusioned and didn't really think my career was going anywhere and it was only really 12 months after the loss of my father and, of course, he approached me and said, oh, why don't you come over to Tassie and we'll pay you $20,000 to actually, one, get a job but also, two, play for Glenorchy. And I seriously thought about uh, taking myself over there, spoke to Alan Jeans and Alan said, look, Gary, I think it'll be the biggest football mistake that you'll ever make in your career. And... I thought, well, geez, I've only known Alan for a short time and it was the best advice he ever gave me because yeah. I played about 30-odd games at that stage and went on in the uh, since 1981 to 1993, the next 12 years, and played in you know 240 games and five premierships, so I'm glad I stayed. And uh, nine grand final, uh, eight grand finals in nine seasons, quite amazing. Your first grand final, 83, 
you just whitewashed Essendon, who uh, were a pretty good side, a young side coming on. They were to get you the next couple of uh, years. But uh, 83, tell us about your first premiership. Yeah, quite amazing. It was really two years after I'd said to Alan that I'll commit myself to the footy club. And with Alan, we all looked up to him. We loved him dearly. And he was like a father figure. And he just had such a great influence on so many guys, as I'm sure you'd be well aware. And you obviously know him uh, intimately as well. So for us to set foot on the MCG in 1983, we'd been pressing in 1982 and got beaten by Carlton in the prelim. And we certainly felt that we were a pretty good chance because our form had been really good and running out onto MCG, grand final day, the last Saturday in September, it was just a dream come true. And if things had stopped after that particular match, I would have been a very, very happy boy. But we dominated. Lee Matthews was fantastic that particular day and he kicked a wonderful goal after half time. And I had a real inkling then that I would have been playing in my very first premiership at uh, senior level. And to have that... 25 to 30 minutes straight after the game it's just a wonderful feeling and it's just so surreal you finally achieve something and it was just wonderful for the Hawthorne Football Club too because they'd sort of had a fair bit of change from about 78 to 83 and yeah. there was a lot of emergence of guys like Chris Mew, John Kennedy Jr, Colin Robinson had come over from Tassie. We obviously had uh, Gary Buccanara who did his knee in that first 10 minutes of the first quarter so yeah. And, of course, what was happening, we were actually building a real uh, rivalry between Kevin Sheedy's Essendon and Alan Jeans's Hawthorne. It's just quite amazing. This is the voice of Gary Ayres, a true champion of the game. And we're on air for Tobin Brothers. And uh, we've explained before, folks, Tobin Brothers is celebrating lives. And where would you like Tobin Brothers funerals to celebrate your life when the time comes? It can be at a church, a chapel, but it can also be at places like less conventional venues. Golf clubs, footy ovals, restaurants, <clears throat> pardon me, theatres, or even above Port Phillip Bay. Hey, watch the fish. The sky's the limit. If it's legal, the Tobins will make it happen. And Tobin Brothers Funerals are celebrating life. We're celebrating the football life of Gary Ayres. To win, you must lose. I don't know who wrote it, but what is so, so true, you had back-to-back runners-up in 84-85. And uh, we, we know, you know, that people finish on the bottom of the ladder, but you've got to be in one of those losing grand finals or two in your case, Gary, to understand, goodness me, of the low feeling that you have. Yeah, that's true, Rex. And look, 84, even I think back after all these years, how did we actually let that slip? Because we were four goals in front at three-quarter time and Alan had assembled the troops and there was probably just a bit of an uneasy feeling at three-quarter time and Essendon were pressing hard and by gee, did they play well in that last quarter. And in 85, they were just a powerhouse Essendon and of course it was Lee Matthews' last game in that 1985 grand final and we were probably never going to beat Essendon with the talent that they had on the park. And it really does make you realise how hard it is, one, to get there, but how hard it is to win. And, of course, in 1983, we had one go at it and won it, and then to actually have that disappointment, as you said, yeah. it was extremely tough. And certainly where we were going to go in 1986 was going to be very, very interesting because sometimes you don't bounce back from two successive losses, especially in grand finals. But the club was very diligent. There was a couple of guys that were emerging. Jason Dunstall had arrived at the club in 85 and Johnny Platten came across from South Australia and uh, those guys just wow. went on to be champions of the footy club. It's just essential to get a good group together. There's no doubt about that. 86, you, you won the flag again. 
Uh, you lined up on a uh, pretty tough nut in David Reese jones himself a Norm Smith medalist. Uh, but you nearly didn't get there. You had to get a jab uh, because of a hamstring problem that you had leading in after the semi-final. Yeah, that's correct. And both actually Michael Tucker and myself, we had to do a fitness test on the Friday morning. And Alan actually bundled us both into a car and we trained on an oval at the back of Scotch College. And with, I guess, Alan Jeans' background in the police force, he was so secretive, we had to get uh, changed in the back of his car and he wouldn't have allowed us out. So you can imagine if say, someone came across and saw a uh, rather large bald-headed bloke in the front yeah. seat of the car and two guys in the nude in the back seat, that might have caused me. a few attractions. I'm with, certainly. <laughs> with the headlines. So, but it gave us both a fitness test and thankfully for myself and Tucky that we got through and walked into the doctor's room before the match and he jabbed me up full of that uh, wonderful juice and of course we went on and as you said I was able to play on David Reese jones and keep him relatively quiet and of course the club was able to bounce back after the two consecutive defeats and win the 86 premiership which was just a wonderful achievement by the club. Of course in 1988 uh, it was well documented that your coach Alan Jeans who had made a great impact at Glen Ferry Over when he first went there and did for so long had some uh, brain scans and had to take the year off. And uh, Alan Joyce, a former Hawthorne and uh, Preston captain coach, took over and uh, took you to the top in the first year. Do you think it was just a matter of driving the truck or did he have certain ideas that just complemented Jeansy's early work? I think it was both, Rex. He certainly felt that we were not very aggressive in that 87 grand final. I remember Tucky getting a bit of a bloodied nose and Dipper the same and... Of course, it was a, a real shock to us that Alan obviously was very, very lucky that he didn't even lose his life at that particular stage with the brain aneurysm. And it had been made very clear to us that Alan Joyce was only to take over for 12 months and then, of course, it would resume with Alan back at the helm. So we were pretty keen to make up for 87 and the side in my time at Hawthorne was certainly the best that I ever played with and extremely dominant. I think we only lost three games for the year and Amazing. we went on and obviously Melbourne were making a bit of a charge through the middle 80s there and we felt we were match hard and finals hardened and we certainly had a terrific group and were very confident in one another and in our own ability and we ended up winning it by a record margin on that day. Well, folks, you've asked us to find the stars and uh, we've found a real gem today in Gary Ayres and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am bringing it to you with my production company right around Australia. Real A's will be back after the break on This Is Your Football Life and why don't you check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life for further updates on this interview. And after the break, we continue with a wonderful football career of Gary Ayres. It's all for the Tobin Brothers Funerals who are celebrating lives. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yeah, thank you, Aaron, again, and welcome back to the Real A's. And it's great to have on board Gary Ayres, a champion of the game. And when the history of this game is indelibly recorded forever, Gary Ayres, the Hawthorne five-time Premiership player, Jewel Brownlow, uh, uh, Jewel Brownlow, Jewel Norm Smith medalist, Victorian captain and Hawthorne captain, will take his rightful place 
Uh, before we go on, Gary, how important do you think is Brownlow Medals? Because I know that Ian Stewart said to the Richmond group in 1971, he said, you can have this back. He said, we got done in a preliminary final. He said, it's all about the team. And I suppose he, sp he spoke right from the heart. Oh, no doubt, Rex. And of course, I think when you go back over your footy career that... The number one thing is what you want is team success and that's what drives you and we know there's been some wonderful players over the years that have never really been able to achieve that ultimate. Guys that you know very, very well, Trevor Barker, Bobby Skilton, Robbie Flower and of course winning Brownlows is great from an individual point of view as we know to be judged the best by the umpires so to speak and just to be able to have that when you finish your career but is really what drives you is that team success. Success. So they're rated very, very highly from an individual point of view. But gee whiz, a premiership is just a wonderful thing to have in uh, your cabinet at home. The household names that you played with, Brereton, Dunstall, Matthews, Dipper, Bacchanara, Langford, Platten, Wallace, Michael Tuck. It highlights the fact of getting a young group together and going on in various years and uh, getting the great successes. Uh, the 89 grand final was the first one that I broadcast live on 3OW in my long career there. I can still remember it as what being one of the great contests of all time. What are your memories of it? Was it as good as to play as it was to watch? Oh, it was an amazing game, Rex. And look, probably if you go back to about round six or seven that year, we'd had a wonderful game against them at Princes Park when they shot out to almost 50 points in front at half time. And Gary Ablett was on fire and uh, Gavin Exel was just kicking goals from everywhere and we were able to uh, reel that margin in and we ended up recording a wonderful victory at Princess Park and that was the day that Dermot had also given Mark Yates a little bit of a touch-up as well. So we knew it was going to be a huge effort but we were driven by just one thing and that was to be the first Hawthorne Football Club to achieve back-to-back -back flags. You mentioned before Alan Jeans came back into the driver's seat. There was no fanfare. Alan Joyce got his premiership and we'd won 88 and then for Alan to step back in and he just drove us for the ability I guess of that man to keep us level headed but also too to achieve such a wonderful victory Was, was that the pay the price laddie? Yeah it uh, was. Can you just fill our listeners in on what that Dipper's said it uh, many many times but half Australia can't understand Dipper <laughs> He speaks seven languages and one of them's not English he told me. Yeah well he does do that Yeah, he, he looks like Papa Giuseppe's pizza boy But, but he's um, got all those premiership medallions just like you so pay the price what's it all about? Yeah well Alan had obviously been instrumental in just guiding us to where we needed to be for another assault in the finals and anyway we came in at half time and there was a few sore boys uh, Dermot had been cleaned up by Mark Yates and of course Ablett had cleaned up Dipper and he spoke about the story of a young boy who goes into a shoe shop and of course he asks his mother that with the money that he's got what should he do should he actually buy the cheap pair of shoes or the dear pair of shoes and of course his mother then told him that if you buy the the deer pair, then then you've paid the price and they will last forever. And it was just one of the most emotional speeches that yeah. Alan had ever spoken to us about. There were guys who were being wound up by Yabby and I actually had some tears in my eyes because we just wanted to achieve that for Alan and obviously for the Hawthorne Football Club and we're able to obviously hold on with guys from both sides uh, dropping like the proverbial and... Yeah. Uh, to win that and even still today we look back on it in very very fond manner and we just recently had a 25 year silver anniversary of the 88-89 achievement so 
that was wonderful for Hawthorne to recognise that yeah. as well. Okay, uh, 1990, after that season, Jeans, he departed. Uh, Joyce, he came back in. You missed the first grand final in seven years in 1990. Just another lazy premiership <laughs> against the West Coast in 91. I think that was the one at Waverley, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, with, with the Batmobile. With Angry Anderson. Uh, in 1993, just a little bit of a front coming across the bay in relation to a bit of uh, falling out uh, with Joyce and the playing group. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was a tough year really, Rex, and Alan no doubt was feeling some pressure from up above and of course the environment really became something that you really didn't want to actually come and play your footy at or train. And Alan had asked me a couple of times throughout the course of the year as captain to chair some meetings and just basically try and find out if we can turn the, the thing around and uh, right the ship. And he actually even asked me to chair the meetings, report back to him with any yeah. information, which I did. And then uh, I got dropped against uh, Geelong at Cadinia Park and had to go back to the reserves. I was captain at the time and been at the club almost 15 years. And, of course, that certainly didn't sit well with me. But you cop your medicine and you go back and... Had 40-odd touches and yeah. thought I was going to get picked the following week. But, of course, we chaired another meeting and Alan uh, didn't pick me. Yeah, So, of course, I was actually playing against Tony Shaw out at Victoria Park the next week. And yeah. I remember saying to Shaw at the time, geez, haven't we come a long way, mate? We're uh, back in the reserves. And I did eventually get back into the senior team the following week, played the next couple of games, and then we got bundled out by Adelaide in the elimination final at the MCG. Well, folks, every uh, year, hundreds of people take out a fixed-price funeral plan with Tobin Brothers Funerals, and by doing that, they have the peace of mind knowing that regardless of how long they live, the price they pay today is fixed forever. Why not celebrate your life with a fixed-price funeral plan and take the pressure off your family for tobinbrothersfunerals.com.au? We're celebrating the football life of Gary Ayres. We're going to run out of time. But the start of your marvellous coaching career that continues today with Port Melbourne in the VFL was at Geelong as an assistant. You found yourself coaching kids that you'd played against in the previous year. Yeah, very true. And look, that was very humbling too, Rex. Obviously left Hawthorne and Malcolm Blight was looking for an assistant coach. And I'm always forever thankful to gentlemen you know, Ron Hovey and unfortunately the late uh, Greg Durham as well. And yeah. 12 months after I started, well, Malcolm said he'd had enough. And of course, then I was thrusted into the number one role. And as you said, Barry Stoneham, Gary Ablett Sr., oh, Paul wow. Couch, John Barnes, Lee Colbert. And then there was the emergence of some young boys in Ben Graham, Brad Scholl, Paul Brown. We had Liam Pickering, Lee Tudor, so Billy Brownless. And really, we thought we'd had a terrific year in 95, but Carlton were a powerhouse, only lost two games. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we got it served up to us on that particular day. Well, you can only put yourself there, you know, and uh, you actually coached a guy that is uh, regularly mentioned as the greatest of all time. There are some uh, people saying, you know, that Wayne Carey and Gary Ablett Jr., but Gary Senior was some sort of footballer. He was, and look, he could turn it on unbelievably, and it was almost like when he said, well, I'm ready to go, he could find another gear, and certainly that gear was a lot more than what uh, the average footballer was able to find, and some of the games, watching him play and just turn the game to Geelong's favour or in Geelong's favour was quite amazing, and really, for him to have had a start at Hawthorne, didn't work out, he obviously then went up to Myrtleford, and 
then uh, Geelong found him, and of course he went on to yeah. be a superstar of the game, as we know. Got about a minute and a half to talk about Adelaide. Tell us about the ups and the downs of Adelaide. Yeah, that was interesting, Rex. I'd uh, had one year to go at Geelong, and they were in financial trouble. Approached uh, Brian Cook at the time. He said there really was not much uh, light on the horizon, so to speak. The club was really looking at every avenue to keep its survival up. Adelaide came in, offered me a three-year deal, a signing-on fee, and I was getting paid one and a half more times uh, salary at uh, Adelaide than I would have been at Geelong, so it was probably a no-brainer in that regard. The opportunity to coach again with facilities and everything like that, for me personally, was great. I had uh, five years there and we made the finals uh, three out of those five uh, or four completed seasons. Yeah. Mark Rusciuto won a Brownlow, had the wonderful opportunity to coach Wayne Carey when he was in the twilight of his career. So from an opportunity coaching-wise, it was terrific. Didn't obviously work out. We did play Western Bulldogs and won by six goals. And um, then I said, well, okay, where are we going with the contract? And the club said, we're not going to renew it. So I came back to Victoria and... Had a couple of years with uh, Kevin Sheedy at Essendon and uh, the last seven years at the Port Melbourne Footy Club. The last point I want to make before we uh, thank Gary Ayres for his time today is, do you you ever say never in relation to someone tapping on the the door of an experienced man who can get the best out of young people at the highest level? Do you ever say never? Oh, well, you certainly do, Rex. And, of course, you just got a passion and the fire burns. And if there was an opportunity, yes, I'd love to be involved again. But it looks more and more remote as uh, every year goes by, mate, unfortunately. Okay, if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. And uh, before I let you go, Gaz, the end of Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> the only thing that tweets here on the bay, mate, is my canary. <laughs> well, the social media is not a bad way to get things across, mate. So. Gary, I've been left behind in a maze of uh, social media. But look, it's been a, a real thrill uh, for our listeners, I'm sure, today. But more importantly... It's been a thrill for me. I've respected you and liked you for a long, long time. We've found out the, a little bit of the ins and outs of why you are successful, and I thank you for your time today. Appreciate it, Rex. Thanks very much. This has been This Is Your Football Life, and thanks to Tobin Brothers, who are celebrating lives. Why don't you check them out on tobinbrothers.com.au. And join us next week from 7.30, Sunday morning on 11.16 SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.